Welcome back, listeners. Uh, for you, it's been a week. For us, it's been about 60 seconds. Has it been a week for them? Or Oh, yeah, because this is coming out next week, and then Dino Crisis yeah. is coming out. This week after okay. that, okay. yeah. Okay. That yeah, way yeah, you yeah. have the time off for your trip, or to come see me. Yeah. Uh, so we already did what's been new, and I'm, I'm making you do the quizzes for the post section, so I have a quiz for you. Okay. This is not a BuzzFeed quiz. This is me generally genuinely trying to figure out your knowledge of the jurassic park franchise oh shit okay hold on hold on hold on in... let me just i'm closing out everything i'm closing <laughs> to my windows and now you can laugh at me when i get all these questions wrong okay in storyline how many years have elapsed between the events of the original jurassic park and our first glimpse of jurassic world 16 22 or 30 22 no 60 uh if you had to pick it already picked 22 and you were right oh shit okay yeah yeah don't listen 22 years actually i I like this is about jurassic world the only good movie from the new trilogy okay only questions about that okay i'm so fucked okay with a budget of 150 million what was the u.s box office for jurassic world's premiere weekend 168 185.9, 204.6. 185.9. 185.9. Wrong. It was 204.6. It's that Jimmy Buffett, it's that Jimmy Buffett restaurant bump that they got for putting the Jimmy Buffett <laughs> restaurant in. That's like the only thing I who remember. Is, who is credited with coming up with the idea of using the gyrospheres to tour Jurassic World's Valley? Spielberg? Colin Trevorrow, the director, or Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt. Spielberg. Oh, shit. Okay. Colin Trevorrow, the film's director, is also slated to direct what future blockbuster in the Star Wars franchise? I I, I don't even know. Galactic Overlords. What the fuck is that? The Force Unleashed or Episode 9? I'm going to say Episode 9 because The Force Unleashed is a video game correct if you guess nine part of the fourth trilogy of episodes you're right it is tentatively scheduled for 2019 whoops that's a little (laughs) whoops oh wait (laughs) episode nine right that what you said yeah it's one x that's nine yeah didn't one two three jj abrams do that one seven eight nine (laughs) jesus christ where successful films go, sequels follow. In what year is the sequel, Jurassic World, tentative to release? So it already released. Let's see if you can get it, Justin. 2018. Hold on. This is the sequel. Or 2022. This is the sequel to Jurassic World? Yeah. So Dominion. Okay. Right, was number two. And what were the years again? Sorry. 2018, 2020, or 2022? 2018. Correct. Yeah. On which island is Jurassic World located? Okay. Isla Nublar. Isla Sorna or Isla Nuerte? Isla Sorna. Wrong. It was on Isla Nubar. It was the same location as the original movie. Fuck. Jurassic World's hero, Owen Grady, played by Chris Pratt, an actor having an impressive, popular run of films. His first big success came in what Marvel movie? Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America First Avenger, or Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy. Jurassic World is the first movie to achieve what box office feat? Seat over 27 million moviegoers in a 24-hour period, gross 500 million worldwide in a weekend, or result in the fewest number of refund requests ever? The last one. Correct. Look at you go. Only one human character from the original Jurassic Park film appears in World. Who is it? Alan Grant? Henry Wu? Yes. John Hammond. Correct. I know this because my son loves Jurassic World and won't shut up. <laughs> I know you will. Did you tell him how he dies in the first book? No, I no, I won't tell him that ever. <laughs> that was fucking. I did not see that coming, and that was brutal. Yeah, uh, he's got the book, and he is very, very, very slow. He's like reading a page a month. <laughs> I so. love it so much. <laughs> the character of John Hammond, the man responsible for developing the idea of the park, is immortalized in Jurassic World in what way? A statue. 
appearing in a short film introducing the park to new guests or a park restaurant named after him. A uh, park restaurant named after him, I believe. I think it's a statue. Yep, it's a statue. Oh, okay. Jurassic World borrows, borrows, borrows many basic elements from the book Jurassic Park. Who wrote the original book? I just told you. I'm not giving you multiple choice. Oh, I dude, I don't remember. Ray Bradbury, <laughs> okay. Robert Heinlein, Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. Yeah. We've read some Robert Heinlein. You didn't like his. Which one was he? he uh, that was Body Snatchers. Or what was what was his called? No, I liked it. It was like very dark but like really weirdly sexist. Very Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's Heinlein for you. Yeah. Very sexist. Very 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 sexist. How many years did it take for the fourth Jurassic film to release? Five, eight, or ten? I'm confused if they mean like... From after Jurassic Park 3 to Jurassic World. Oh, ten. Correct. Yeah. And this one Jurassic didn't have War- a Velociraptor going, Alan! Alan! <laughs> if you remember Jurassic Park 3. I, yeah. Anyways. Dude... I haven't seen three for a really long time. I liked it a lot because I liked how kind of grim it was in comparison to two in particular. Yeah. But I always forget that one part because it is so fucking dumb. Yeah. I recently... I just like the cell phone ringing in the one's mouth. Yeah. I, last summer, I think, or this summer, I don't remember, uh, like, or last spring or something, went through and mm-hmm. watched all six of them with my son so i should know the i should be doing better bad. than i am but you know the last two were bad i, I remember me and Devin like we don't walk out of movies we just sit through them the sixth one we looked at each other like two or three times and thought about leaving the i don't even remember what happened in the second or third one or it's you know overall yeah. are you excited for the f- the fifth one that got announced for next year no there's another jurassic park movie coming out yeah, another jurassic world movie Jurassic World is the third highest grossing film of all time. How much money did it gross domestically between its release date of 2015 and November of that year? 312, 422, or 652.2 million? 422? 652.2 million. It went 1.5 billion worldwide. Oh. How many Jurassic Park films have there been in total? I don't know when this quiz came out. Three, four, or five? I'm gonna say five. Four. Okay. Oh, because it talked you, earlier about when about is the, the sequel. Yeah, okay. You probably already know Bryce Dallas Howard played the female lead. Yeah. Many actresses were originally considered for the role. What popular female star was passed over because she was considered too young to play the role. Dakota Fanning, Jennifer Lawrence, or Bella Swan herself, Kristen Stewart. I'm going to say Jennifer Lawrence. I wish it was Kristen Stewart. It was Kristen Stewart! There you go. God, that would have been so... I love Bryce Dallas Howard, but I I just want to see Kristen Stewart and everything. Con Trevorrow directed Jurassic World, but can you name the man who directed Jurassic Park? I'm not giving you the bubble choice. Wait, directed it? The first movie. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that's why I didn't give you the choice. Okay, yeah, sorry. I was like, this can't. This question can't be this easy. <laughs> Although Jurassic World was marketed as a film for the entire family, it did not receive a G rating. What did it receive? PG-13, PG-13. PG, or R? PG-13. What type of critter was offered to the Mosasaurus during the water show? An elephant, a whale, or a great white shark? Uh, an elephant, I think. A great white shark. Oh. It was an homage to, to Jaws, apparently. The more you know, I guess. What makes the Indominus Rex such a unique dinosaur? It's dino hybrid DNA, the addition of human DNA. The fact it has the largest brain of any dinosaur. The first one? I think so too. Yep. Yeah. Although the film was released in 2015, the storyline has Jurassic World starting operation in what year? 
2000, 2005, 2010. 2000. Hold on. 2005. Good job. 10 years after Jurassic Park. Owen Grady is tasked with training a pack of velociraptors and becomes their leader or alpha. What is the name of the pack's beta? Blue. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> what two unexpected characteristics help the Indominus Rex escape and then evade capture? It can fly. It has poisonous skin. It has natural camouflage that can block its heat signature. Natural camouflage. The goddamn predator. Wait, Vic hold on, Hoskin. by the way. I was right with that blue answer, right? Yes, God, my son yes, would be yes. so proud. He's got so many blue fucking Lego sets. You're my boy, Blue! Yeah. Show him old school. <laughs> yeah, maybe not yet. Vic Hoskins, InJed's head of security, played by Vincent Donforio, releases the Velociraptors to drag down the Indominus Rex. What goes wrong? The Indominus Rex is part raptor and takes over the pack. It kills the pack. Or the raptors use this opportunity to search for freedom. Fuck. Uh, I think it's the third. Um, hold on. No. The first one. Correct. Yeah. What article of Claire's clothing has inspired good-natured ribbing and some genuine criticism? What the fuck? Her yoga pants, her business suit, her shoes. I guess her shoes. Yeah. What a... What a weird question. What are the names of Claire's nephews? Gray and Zach, Jason and Gray, Owen and Jason. Owen and Jason? Oh, that's wrong. Gray and Zach. Yeah. Uh, apparently it's Gary, but this is spelled... It's spelled... Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the character of Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum in the original Jurassic Park and in Lost World, doesn't have a cameo in Jurassic World. But he makes an appearance. How? On a poster? On a book cover? Or on a t-shirt? On a book cover. Correct. How many more? Okay, we're almost done. <laughs> what late night talk show host makes a cameo? Jay Leno, Jimmy Fallon, Conan O'Brien. Oh, I think it's Jimmy Fallon. Correct? Yeah. Simon Masrani, played by Irfan Khan, owns Jurassic World. He's killed when a vehicle crashes what's the vehicle a tank a truck a helicopter helicopter the running time for jurassic world was shortened for a wide release can you guess how many minutes were cut 8 13 or 21 13 correct oh hell yeah before production began jurassic world had another working title what was it? Ebb Tide, Roar, or 65? 65. It was actually Ebb Tide. Oh, okay. Lovely little quiz. Uh, let's go into the movie review. Hold on, wait. Shall it we? didn't give me, like, results or anything? It didn't give me results either. Oh, fuck. Okay. I just told you as you were wrong along the way. You did pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you uh, 89% B+. Plus. Oh, nice. Sweet. Okay, sounds good. Samuel L. Jackson and Wayne Knight. If you want to hear more about Spielberg's career, go listen to our review of Jaws. Um, but you know, if you're listening to a movie podcast or one about Jurassic Park, you know. Steve and Spielberg if you want to hear more about Wayne Knight, go watch uh, Space Jam. I want to get to it. I want to get to it. Okay. Uh, Sam Neill. Uh, for our deep dive on him, you have to go way, way back. Way back. Yeah. And listen to Event Horizon. Uh huh. 
Laura Dern, the Academy Award-winning actress. Uh, she won that for her role in Marriage Story. Have you seen that? No. It's about a married couple going through a divorce. It's fucking bleak. She plays the wife's divorce lawyer. Uh, dude, that's a fucking bleak movie. She was also in David Lynch's Blue Velvet, Rambling Rose, and the TV shows Big Little Lies and Enlightened. Jeff Goldblum. Not his first time on our show. If you want to hear our full dive into him, go listen to our review of Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. Uh, but also, no, this is not going to be the last time we see Jeff Goldblum this season. Right, 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 yeah. Richard Attenborough. So this was actually kind of crazy. Lord Baron Attenborough was the president of the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, the British Academy of Film and Television, BAFTA, as well as the life president of the Premier League football club, Chelsea. He joined the Royal Air Force in World War II and served in the film unit, becoming one of the reasons that a lot of the horrors from World War II were accessible to wide audiences then and today. Some of his most memorable roles include The Great Escape from 1963, Miracle on 34th Street from 1994, and he has two Academy Awards for Gandhi, which he won Best Director and Best Picture. Okay, shit, so he is, like... Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. I, I knew him from Miracle on 34th Street, because he's, like, Santa Claus. Yeah. But I did not know any of the other stuff. Samuel Jackson. Unless I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've had him on the show. So I don't think we did Deep Blue Sea. Oh, I, I don't think we ever did Samuel L. Jackson on the show. And while Justin's checking me, he has been in a ton of great films... Which is probably the reason why, as of this year... Uh, he... incorrect, good sir. What was he in? Spiral. Fuck, you're right. Yes. He is Chris Rock's dad. You're right! Yes. All right, well, I did the research, so I'm supposed to say it. He is the <laughs> highest grossing actor of all time, with the films that he has starred in going over $27 billion. Goddamn. Yes. Some of his more iconic roles include Mace Windu in Star Wars, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill 2, Django Unchained, Hateful Eight, Deep Blue Sea, Goodfellas, Coming to America, True Romance, Frozone, and The Incredibles, and Nick Fury in the Marvelverse. And he's in Kill Bill 2 and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Wayne Knight. Many know him for his roles on Seinfeld, Third Rock from the Sun, Basic Instinct, Space Jam, and Rat oh, yeah. Race. Oh, yeah. He also voiced Tantor in Tarzan and A.J. McWiggin in Toy Story 2. Yeah, he, uh, he's he been in a lot of stuff. He is very... Like, I'm even just like looking at... I think he's still in stuff. Oh, he's Oswald Cobblepot and Penguin in the Harley Quinn show. No shit! Yeah. <coughs> That's actually awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, I'm just looking up his stuff. Uh... Yeah. So this is more the first imp- more film importantly, we- Space Jam. Sorry, I I did say Space Jam. <laughs> I, know, I did say I Space Jam. It. I didn't I forget that it. one. In the first, it is the first film in the Jurassic Park franchise, and the first of the f- what they call the Park trilogy. Michael Crichton, uh, obviously the author of the book, we talked about him last week. He co-wrote the screenplay for the film with David Cope. Other of Cope's work include the OG Sam Raimi Spider Man, OG Mission Impossible. In the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds. Oh, I was like, for some reason, I was confusing War of the Worlds with World War Z. I was like, wait, Tom Cruise is in a fucking World War Z movie? Anyways, I'm tired, okay? <laughs> All right, I promised you this in last week's episode, but again, for us, like about an hour ago. Before the novel was even published, four separate, so the book hasn't even out yet, four separate studios had bids to the rights of the film. But with the backing of Universal, Spielberg got the rights for $1.5 million in 1990. Remember, this is before the book even came out. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, okay. On top of that, they paid Crichton $500,000 to adapt the film, the book to film, and then Cope was brought in by the studio to take away a lot of the violence in the deeper science talk that Crichton included in both the novel and his original script. The dinosaurs were developed by two groups. Industrial Light and Magic were responsible for the groundbreaking CGI, and Stan Winston built the life-size animatronics. 
In order to achieve the sound design that Spielberg had in mind, he actually created a brand new company, DTS, which I'm sure people who watch movies know because it's like before a lot of films now. The company is still currently the leader in digital surround sound. The studio backed the film with a $65 million marketing campaign that included licensing, licensing deals with over 100 different companies. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, they learned from uh, Tim Burton and Batman. They followed the script. The film was scored by John Williams. Um, you know, I like to harass people and say that Danny Elfman is a better composer than John Williams, but I think it's finally time to admit that John Williams is the GOAT. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean... Like, you, you, I hear the you, Jurassic you, Park theme, and yeah, I want to you, you, could, you could be a shithead you know, as much as you want, but, like... <laughs> yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta admit it. Yeah. It won three Academy Awards. Best Sound Editing, Best Sound, and Best Visual Effects. Shot at a budget of $63 million, its initial box office run saw it rake in $914 million, becoming not only Spielberg's best outing, but also became the number one blockbuster of all time, passing E.T. until it was dethroned by Titanic in 1997. It went back into theaters for its 20th anniversary, and at that time, it became the oldest film to pass $1 billion at the box office, and it currently sits as the 17th highest grossing film of all time. I'm actually kind of surprised it's not higher, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But it uh, did come out... A lo- 93. Yeah, like... Long fucking time ago. A long time ago. And think about all the Marvel movies and stuff that have come Yeah, out. that's fair. All the fucking... Yeah. Uh, Although Marvel seems to have taken a dump, I have not heard one person say a single positive thing about Madam Web. I, uh, I am too close to the situation. I <laughs> I cannot say anything, but yes, I, I agree. I heard uh, in one of the TikToks I saw that apparently they somehow shoehorned a film, uh, a scene into that film where Sidney Sweeney is giving a prolonged sequence of mouth-to-mouth. I mean, people just want to see Sidney Sweeney kiss. With so. their dune popcorn buckets. I listen. A very, very weird part of me wants one of them just because I think it would be funny to have it just like on display in the back here. You're not alone. I think it'd be fun just to have like, like you said, as a display piece for what a how someone somehow got that through marketing a marketing <laughs> yeah. meeting and then yeah. produced. Yeah, because I I mean I'm gonna be a little crass here, but you know people are just gonna try to have sex with it, right? If they already have it, Justin. Yeah. If they already I already saw news that apparently someone was arrested at a premiere or a screening for Madame Webb touching themselves Pee Wee Herman style to Sydney Sweeney. <sighs> of course. The movie hasn't even released yet. We are a doomed creature. <laughs> In twenty eighteen it was selected for preservation by the Library of Congress to be added to the National Film Registry. Trivia. The original ending had a rib from the T-Rex skeleton skewer one of the raptors, and then the jaw drops and kills the other. But it seemed too phony, and the crew approached Steven Spielberg to come up with a better ending. They all pitched ideas, but eventually Spielberg came up with a finale. He said he needed the T-Rex to be the star at the end of the film. That's fair. I get that. Like, that T-Rex is like... It looks fucking incredible. Like, why would you not? It's so fucking good. Samuel L. Jackson was supposed to fly to Hawaii to film Arnold's death scene, but a hurricane destroyed the set and the scene had to be scrapped. He regrets this because he was going to be physically chased and killed by them, similar to how they did it in the novel. In the shooting script, it was written that, during the Tyrannosaurus escape, at around an hour and seven minute mark, Malcolm would simply get out of the SUV and run away, much as Gennaro had done moments before. And in fact, as we read the book, that's kind of how it happens there. But when the time came to film the scene, Jeff Goldblum decided he wanted to be more heroic and wanted to distract the T-Rex so Grant could save the kids. Wayne Knight felt Nedry deserved to die, but it bothered him how it happened off camera, and not as gory in the novel, where as we discussed, the character is decapitated from his point of view. Yeah, um... It's it's funny that you say that. Um, I feel 
of all the deaths, I think it was the most graphic in the book. I mean, yeah, <laughs> clearly, yeah, uh, it, was, it was either him or Hammond. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad they changed it. In a way, because I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know how. Well, not only that, but like I don't know how they would have done that scene justice in 1993. I mean, even now, I, I don't. Or trying to hold a PG-13 rating. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, there wouldn't. If they added that scene in, it would fucking be an R. It would be R. In Return Jurassic Park, the two-hour making of documentary that came out on the Blu-ray, Spielberg admits that the shot of the Barbasol can falling away from Nedry and being covered in mud was intentionally inserted to set up a sequel. It was not until Crichton's second book, The Lost World, where Spielberg realized the story was going in an entirely different direction. I won't lie to you. That is one thing that constantly bothers me because it was right there. That would have been awesome. And if they are making another Jurassic Park movie, let's do that. I kind of just... I mean, I... No, I, I have to save my thought on that till the very end. Okay, I, ha- I have to save my thought on that till the very end. Sorry. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. Where was I at? I had a lot of notes here. When shooting Gennaro's death scene, Phil Tippett wanted the camera tilted to see him rip the shreds. Although budget couldn't cover it, Spielberg liked the idea so much, he financed the shot himself. I mean... It's weird that, like, sometimes you find some of these. I'm trying to think of the last one I heard of it where it's like somebody just liked a shot so much that, or the idea of a shot that they financed it themselves. I, I feel like it happened a lot more back in the day. I think we talked about it a little bit with Aliens, James Cameron. And since we're doing some more James Cameron stuff coming up, I think we'll probably find it again. Okay. Too. Okay. Cool. 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 Sir Sam Neill fumbled through several takes of giving Tim CPR because he didn't want to have like physical contact. Finally, the actor said, just do it already, and they performed the mouth-to-mouth. Mazzello, the child actor, says that Sam Neill was his first on-screen kiss. <laughs> All right. The sound of the T-Rex killing Gennaro and the Galameus, uh, which is what killed Nedry, was Gary Rydstrom's Jack Russell Terrier Buster shaking a rope toy in his mouth recorded and then slowed down because he thought a t-rex would sound just like that buster actually had another on-screen audio performance when he was the sound for the t-1000 eye spiking at the mental hospital of of a mental hospital guard in terminator 2 i haven't seen it i have to i it's been a long time since i've seen it well we're watching later this season so We'll get there. We'll get there. The body count is five. Can you name another Spielberg film where the body count is also five? Eight millimeter. No. Jaws. Oh, Jaws. Uh, yeah. Did he do that eight millimeter? Movie? I think. Was that him? He produced it, but I think it was Abrams. Oh, okay. Because I was either oh, going to say that or E.T. <laughs> do people die in E.T.? I, do, I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. No music was used during the T-Rex scene or the Dilophosaurus scene. Spielberg had been doing this because he also didn't use that when the shark made his first kill. Huh. Okay. So that was kind of cool. Alright. Summary. If you haven't seen Jurassic Park, I guess spoilers ahead. Uh, But, I mean, where the hell have you been? (laughs) Our film starts out where they're trying to load a what we think is a dinosaur into a pen and it kills somebody and then we have a lawyer getting all freaked out about what's going on and we jump to john hammond recruiting people to come to his park and tour it for a long weekend we have dr grant dr sadler and dr malcolm along with john hammond's kids they go out on a tour and it's kind of super boring because no dinosaurs are out walking around and they're also having these conversations about whether or not this should even be done. And they have a big dinner conversation about it, which I like. Because that's probably the most we get from the book in this movie, is that scene. Um, but then, Nedry, pissed off and trying to make a little bit of money, shuts down the park. And they're trapped outside the T-Rex pit. The T-Rex breaks free, eats the lawyer, smacks around the kids, smacks around Dr. Grant, and throws, gr- throws Malcolm into a bush. Uh, the kids and Dr. Grant have to walk all the way back to the park or to the, the lodge 
Uh, Malcolm is picked up by Dr. Sadler, and they're chased by the T-Rex again. They figure out that in order to turn the power back on from what Nedry did, they have to reset the system. And at that point, the Velociraptors escape. Uh, they try to go back and turn the system back on. The Velociraptors do Velociraptor things and kill everybody off. Nedry is murdered by a spit-throwing, beautiful, scary, cute little dinosaur thing uh, and not beheaded. Um, and then they all make it back to the park. Malcolm is with Hammond, and there's a big final climactic scene where the Velociraptors are chasing the kids through the kitchen and then chasing the kids and the doctors uh, onto a T-Rex model, and then they're chasing around, but then the T-Rex comes in and saves them. And they fly away, and as a kid, I always thought it was pterodactyls flying with them, but it's just cranes. <laughs> uh, funny story that I... It just fucking popped into my brain for whatever reason. In grade nine, I remember having a class specifically focused on the jump that the girl does into the air duct and how they okay. had to create technology to change... Because that was her stunt double. Yeah who looked straight up at the camera, they had to create a technology to, like, replace... Superimpose her. Yeah, superimpose her face. I don't know. I just yes. remember that. I don't know why. <laughs> just no, that's actually really cool. Yeah. And I think we'll probably hit on that a lot in cinematography. Okay. So, plot. Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies. It's it's up there for me. I, th- I, I would need to sit and actually look at it, but I think... It might be my favorite Spielberg movie. Yeah, I can see that. However, okay. After reading the book, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah, I feel like they left a lot of what I loved about the book on the cutting room floor. Yeah, because Hammond just the Hammond in this is just a little old grandpa who was trying to bring joy to the world he just is right that's what he is yeah like he wasn't he wasn't maybe he was like not thinking as much as he should have about what he was doing but he wasn't doing there was no malicious intent yeah he wasn't doing it maliciously to like hurt anybody or like for money he just like wanted people to experience joy basically because the lawyer there's a scene where the lawyer is like we can charge whatever we want to charge for this he's like no like i want everyone to come to the park i want this to be like this is like i'm this is like his final gift to the world right yeah henry Wu isn't like my maniacally skipping over all of the safeguards to just do his science like he's talking about the very regimented control that they have and the other interesting thing i have too is that the lawyer who in the book was like this is fucked like we gotta stop this He's the money-grubbing one. He takes pretty much on all the bad traits. Well, yeah, him and Nedry, but yes. <laughs> but I get well, Nedry yeah, was Nedry's already... still Nedry, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, too, that the plot of this one that I wish we had in the movie, and I don't know why they didn't do it, was what we talked about in the book review of, like, the bomb under the table, which is the Velociraptors getting on the ship and going to shore. And I think that would have been interesting to see, I mean, to set up the, even the next movie, right? Like, they yeah. they could have done that. But I agree. There's no, like, the threat is what is in front of us. There yes, is no, exactly. there's no surprise. There's no, like, you're right. There's no bomb under the table. Um, and I, th- I think it it's it's funny because... I I I love this movie. I, don't, I is it in my top ten? Maybe. I I but I do genuinely enjoy this movie. I think, I mean, I'll come back around to this. I think after reading the book, I enjoyed a little less. Yeah, uh, it's just different. Yeah, like it. I don't not like it. It's just. But it's impossible not to compare it to the book. Yes, because especially we we just did them back to back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> yes. Like I finished, <laughs> I finished listening to the book yesterday, and then I watched the movie today. <laughs> like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely hard not to compare the two, and it's weird because this was the first time, obviously, watching it for me. Like uh-huh. for me, watching it after having 
read the book. So I kind of look at it differently now. I do too, and don't get me wrong. Like I still love this. Yeah, I, th- I still think it's a great movie. And with the plot, like I just think it's. There are several films that I kind of credit to me wanting to do science, and I talk about The Rock with Nick Cage and stuff, right? Yeah, and yeah. Resident Evil had a part of it too, but this is one too, right? Like, what can science do? And when you're a kid, you don't really dive into like the ethics of it. You just like, it's just, it's just interesting and. I don't know. I I still love it. I still think it's great. But after reading the book, there's just some really obvious improvements that would make it perfect. So I can't give it that 10. Which yeah. I thought before reading the book, it was yeah, I, be another I, one of those top tier ones. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think in a weird, like, I still really respect and love this movie, but I think mm-hmm. in a weird way. I have now seen how the plot could be expanded in a better way yeah. instead of what came from the future of the franchise. <laughs> and I think that's part of it too. And that's why I picked the quiz I did to start it is in Lost World, there's a scene that I'll never forget, which is going through that field and the raptors chasing him and the grass going down as they're getting taken out. Okay. Like that was, that fucking terrified me. Yeah. Because. I mean, you saw me in a cornfield, like <laughs> a giant wimp, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think part of it goes back to that. And then in Jurassic Park three, there's a scene in the aviary, which happens in this. It happens in the original book, actually. And then like Jurassic World, it just feels so. Like I didn't hate Jurassic World. I actually kind of enjoyed it. But the ones that came after, it's like there's no heart. And in this one, there's still that heart. It, I may like the book more, but there is still that Spielberg magic yeah i would agree with that yeah but even with all that being said i saw what perfect was and i think that was the book i gave it an eight and a half i gave it an eight so i'm right there with you i think i was kind of going in this expecting to give it like all tens i'll be honest with you yeah me too uh like if you asked me last week i'd be like oh yeah yeah, it's gonna be all tens easily uh yeah it's really weird being in this situation (laughs) Um, and, and I'm happy you like the book too, because like I said, I literally, like I told when I was reading, it, I think I stayed up till three a.m., went into work, and like went into a little cubicle and finished it. I just could not stop. <laughs> I was just so spellbound. Okay, cinematography. Holy fucking shit! This movie came out thirty some years ago, and it is amazing. It's thirty-one. Uh, no. Yeah, ninety-three. Yeah, thirty-one. Thirty-one years ago. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. I mean, it holds up incredibly well. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that didn't hold up, and nothing really, like, springs to mind. Yeah, and maybe it's just because, like, there's just that wonder behind seeing it. But, like, what Industrial Light and Magic obviously did some incredible CGI. Like, that first scene where they see the, the brontosaurus is just walking across the field. Yeah. But, like, where it really shines where the special nature of this film really is, is the animatronics. Yeah. That T-Rex attacking, like we're going to get to how scary obviously later, but attacking the cars. Yeah. Well, I think not even that, but like even before that, when they're looking after the, uh, oh my God, the poop. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 tr- the Triceratops. Yeah. The Triceratops. I think like even yeah. that, cause that's kind of like your first glimpse at like, oh, they can do like a full, Dinosaur. And it's so sad because it's sick. It has yeah. the pustules, but like the way it's breathing and in the way the I think this we'll get this in the audio for the guess where our acting discussion happens. But like this was so groundbreaking. Like this had really not been done to this level. Yeah, and they had the perfect crew to do it. Like when Malcolm puts his head no not Malcolm when Sam Neil puts his head on the chest and it's like rising up and down. It's like the the childlike glee. Yeah, from doing it. I don't know, man. Like. I think one of the most relatable things about looking back as my time as a kid is understanding why I love dinosaurs. They're is just, it is it because Sam Neil like put a, a Velociraptor claw on his hand? It's like it's gonna get you, <laughs> like that. Maybe. No? Yeah, I, I, I think it's just the idea that like 
And I think Jurassic Park helps send this home is that you can go to a museum and it's like real life dragons. Yeah. Like they're real life unicorns. Like they're real life mythical creatures, but they really existed. And to have a movie bring them to life like this and have some of that joy, like the Triceratops, but then have some of the horror, like when they're getting chased through the cafeteria. Oh, the cafeteria is, I mean, it's fucking terrifying. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. And then you, again, like I talk about this in plot a little bit. Hold on to your butts. Well, listeners, uh, <laughs> let me tell you a story. Um, although this is coming as one episode for y'all, for us, it is actually an entire week has gone by. Uh, when we were recording last week, similar to how the AT&T people don't have internet today, uh, I lost all internet midstream. I sent Justin a picture. Actually, it's in this chat. What was the the upload and download? My my oh, download was went like to point two seven, and my upload was point oh two. So we are coming back in, which is this one we've never done before, to finish the review of Jurassic Park. Well, just uh, like Master Chief, we are finishing the fight. Okay, we are finishing the fight. Um, and the first thing we have to do is give scores for cinematography. Yeah, because um, I remember what I was talking about last week. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I gave cinematography Jurassic Park a ten. Yeah, I did too. See that I will say that is the good part about coming back on cinematography for specifically Jurassic Park is oh, it's fucking easy. It's it's a ten. In the, like in the same with audio, probably. Obviously, yeah. after about John Williams doing the score for this, mm-hmm. and I admitted last week for you guys on this episode that truly John Williams is just the best to ever do it. Yeah, his I would scores agree. are his scores are just absolutely iconic, and this the there's like four or five different themes in Jurassic Park that like you just hear, and like I know for myself, maybe maybe for you too, but I just get goosebumps. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, not only do I get goosebumps, I immediately know what it is. Yeah, and it's just great. And then we go to the acting, and we'll start with the child acting because I know that child acting gets a. A bad rap and sometimes on this podcast we have had some bad child acting but the two kids in this are like perfect hmm. i would agree <laughs> uh okay. yeah I, it's it's funny because at first i wasn't sure mm-hmm. um but no like by the end of it like i ended up enjoying their performance just as much as everybody else. i kind of wish that we got the uh, Dr. Grant we got in the book because I liked how in the book he loved kids. Yes. And I, I wish we didn't have to deal... I, and, I, and I wish we didn't have to deal with that like weird tension or whatever because I just don't think it was necessary. Yeah. Yeah, there is like a weird... Well, see, but then if you lose that, you also lose the opening scene with him, like with the opening Dr. That's Grant scene, true. Which I do really really that's love. true okay and then the other thing i would say for wrapping up audio is every single actor in this is amazing yeah every single one absolutely even like jeff goldblum steals scenes but like yeah. everybody is just fantastic even like the lawyer who is really not in it a ton compared to like everybody else in the in the, in the book yeah yeah like he's fantastic so is um oh my god richard attenborough um, Newman, Jackson, Newman, Wayne Knight, Wayne, Wayne, Knight, Wayne Knight. Yes, Knight. even Wayne Knight is like he's in it, obviously, and he like causes fucking everything. But like mm-hmm. he, his role is very diminished in this. I feel. Yeah, and I think something we lose in this version is that in the movie, uh, Nedry is the cause for everything. Yeah, but in the book, he's just another symptom. Because the problems were already happening. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I do understand, like, why they kind of made him the sole, like, proprietor of all the issues. Because then you can, like, focus in on, okay, yes. he is the bad guy. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. more focus. Um, but, yeah. 
Yeah, audio Excellent. is super easy. I yeah. gave it a 10. I also gave it a 10. Whoops, wrong chat. <laughs> oh my god, everything is everything is messed up. Oh my god. What a what a sign to things to come because we are recording another episode after this. Oh boy, how scary. When I was a kid, this movie absolutely terrified me. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I've watched it so many times and there are still scenes in this movie that scare me. The way they did the animatronics for the initial T-Rex attack and when it comes down through the ceiling pushing through the glass and the kid's visceral reaction to it is horrifying. When the T-Rex is pushing the truck down and the mud. Oh, I'll give you the scariest thing. The raptors. Yeah, the raptors in the kitchen is fucking terrifying. Like, oh, man. We need a good Jurassic Park game. Actually, I think there is like a horror Jurassic Park game. So I know of two Jurassic Park games. One I've played, one's on my Steam wish list. The one I played was on the PS1? No, Sega. It was on Sega. Yeah, I played the same one on Super Nintendo. Actually, funny story. I wrote a journal in second grade about it's so playing fucking that hard. game. Yeah, I, and I remember in the picture, because you had to like write what you did on the weekend, and I wrote about how I played Jurassic Park, the video game, mm-hmm. and I had to write a picture. And the picture, I just wrote a, I drew a bunch of raptors killing people, and then I got in a lot of trouble. And had to because <laughs> it was just like everybody was like bleeding and there's raptors all over the place. But yeah. And the other game I have is the, it's like the park building one, I think. Oh, uh, Jurassic Park Ever- Evolution, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. But but no, I think the scares still hold up. I think as an adult, it comes across more adventure-y. Yeah. But this movie, with its lack of gore really in it, like. It's, per- it's a perfect entry point for kids who are interested in getting into horror because it's not too much. The threat isn't really real, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. And then the other, the only kind of knock I would have on how scary outside of just getting older and seeing it so many times, Justin, would probably be Nedry's death scene. The oh, book. yeah, especially after experiencing it in the bucket. Like, <laughs> it's nothing here. Like, it is a, no- it is a whisper. Uh, yeah, what it, it could it's be. still it's still awful, but like when he opens the car door and it's just sitting there with him, it's still a lot, but it's nothing like the book. Yeah, and I I do like fully agree with you. It does kind of come across like a little like there are some scary things in it still, and I am with you. This movie fucking terrified me, but it does come across a little like Goonies esque almost in a way. Yes, um, it does. And it could just be it, because like being older or having seen it like a hundred times, but. I think after experiencing the book, it has like significantly dropped how scary I find the movie. Agreed, especially in the science department, since they kind of lose a lot of that discussion. Well, and they lose like, like we talked a lot about it last week, the bomb under the table, right? They they lose yep. that completely. And uh, the Raptors getting the mainland, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then also, because I don't know if we'll ever get to The Lost World in, like, the next five years, but <laughs> that movie has the scene that I think is the scariest in all of them, The Raptors in the Cornfield. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say the T-Rex fucking running down New York City <laughs> fucking through the blockbuster <laughs> the, the, or whatever. Yeah. No, it's it's The Raptors in the Cornfield. People are just dropping, and you see, the, you see them walking through, but you see the Raptors coming through behind them. Just that visual Ugh. haunts me. And as you know, yeah. you've been through a haunted corn maze with me. Don't do well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this movie is it's, it's a classic and it's a great for a reason. I gave it a nine. Interesting. I was originally going to go very high with this. But mm-hmm. after the book, man, after the book, I dropped it down to a seven. Okay. I think the before the book, I would have fully agreed with a nine. But yeah holy shit the book man like it is a it's the, different it's the, beast it's the animatronics that t-rex yeah. just still looks so good and when his oh, face yeah. is just pushing through the glass and the kids are holding it up and then like you said the raptors in the kitchen like damn yeah reviewing the scores for plot i gave it eight and a half you gave it an eight for cinematography and audio we both gave it tens and for how scary i gave it a nine you gave it a seven that gives it a here's johnny final score of a 91 it is actually now just outside of the top 10. Um, 
funnily enough, it's tied with two, a couple movies. One by Spielberg himself, Jaws, which we also gave 91. All right, fair enough. The other two 91s are Doctor Sleep and The Conjuring. The films above it with 92s are What We Do in the Shadows and Seven. And then the films below it with a 90 is Young Frankenstein. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up, heading to the closing, <laughs> tell you what we're recording next, and uh, get on out of here. Hit it, John Williams. So next week for you guys, in about five minutes for Justin and I, we are doing Dino Crisis 2. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh man, we have things to talk about for Dino Crisis 2. Yeah, and it's funny. I actually did, well, no, I'll say, you know what? I'm going to say that for our five minutes recording. Now. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, we, like I said, we're, we'll be pre-recording a couple episodes here because Devin is due in short order so we got to get some stuff banged and but yeah thanks everybody hopefully this recording wasn't too disjointed for you i want to try my best in the editing to make it seamless but uh thanks for hanging out with us and until next week stay scary the here's johnny podcast is brought to you by larry and justin you can find the show on twitter at here's johnny cast and you can find larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also, in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny Podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We aren't looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later. Mm-hmm.